Lolly. La 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 la. Don't me now get a barrel. La 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 la. Show the your time carol. We're live from studio. That was a good intro. That was. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was worth every penny we paid for it. Um, for those of you out there, welcome to Synergy Stories. This is um, holiday edition, as you can tell from the intro. That was Lucy McPhee with uh, her newest rendition of Deck the Halls. It's really good. It's quite good. Yeah. yeah. It was good. I liked it. She's, she's fresh off her solo performance in the Andrea Ellis... Uh, piano recital Sunday, so she's she's getting some steam. Does she know that we used her performance? And... Kind of, but not really. Okay. Yeah. She demanding royalties. I told her that I'm going to use this for something. Gotcha. Okay. And and she knows that you're involved too, Travis. So I'll get blamed. So in studio, there's uh, Chris McPhee here with uh, Travis McIsaac. Yeah. You're back again. I'm back. Yeah. And we have a very special guest, Christian Thompson, Constable Christian Thompson. Um, we've we've purposely heated up the room in here to make him sweat a little bit, and uh, you know we're super excited to have you on here, Christian. Um, Travis, perhaps you want to speak to the the podcast itself before we get into it. But originally, we wanted this to be about high high performance, high achieving individuals, and um, and we don't want it to be all sports focused, which is why I think Christian's a perfect example of uh, of someone. You know, if, if you go to our gym, you see how how fit he is. Some different training methods and whatnot, and uh, someone who, who clearly understands the importance of, of physical activity and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think um, Christian, you're a guy that kind of exemplifies like consistency and preparation and diligence. Um, and I think anyone who sees you work out can attest to that. But at the same time, a lot of people probably don't see you work out because you're, you know, you're consistent in the time of day you come. Yeah. So if someone comes after lunch, usually, yeah, yeah, yeah. they, uh, they might not get to see what we see. So, um, welcome obviously. And thanks, thanks for, for having me. Yeah. yeah. The Christmas edition of podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. It, it's a, it's that, a big yeah, honor. It's, it's huge. Yeah. It's, I think that's why you heated the room up. And it's the best thing about Christmas. Yeah. The it podcast? Is. The podcast. Yeah. It's going to be you know, Everybody's tree is going to have one underneath it. Yeah. 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 That's what we're looking That's what we're really shooting for. Yeah. yeah. So, Christian, tell us. Um, I think the beauty of interviewing you is we still, you know, you come in every day and we chat and whatnot. We don't know a whole lot about you as a person. So, you're from BC. Yep. Tell us a little bit about Christian. Uh, yeah, I grew up in BC, grew up in uh, the Kootenai area of BC, which is the southeast corner, if no one knows exactly where that is. It is, um, I lived right on the Idaho-BC border, Idaho-BC-Alberta border, if you think that. Um, grew up there my whole life, basically, um, up until well, about 10 or so, before that I was in northern Alberta. Uh, my dad got transferred, so we went down to Cranbrook, it's called, and grew up there. Uh, went through high school. All the way through there. There was a small little college there as well. So when I graduated from high school, didn't really know what I wanted to do with my life. So I went to the small little college there for a couple of years and just picked and chose a few courses and 
ended up picking engineering and went to the University of Victoria for four years and got a degree in engineering. Um, came out with a geomatic engineering degree, which is a fancy word for unemployment. Um, <laughs> it is. You, if you didn't tell me that, yeah. I would have been like, wow. I was instantly impressed. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an <clears throat> impressive word, but, you know. I would have had to go. I probably would have Googled it here. I'm like, yes. Yeah. Uh, what it is is like surveying and GPSing and all that stuff. And back then, GPSing wasn't what it is today, right. which is on watches and phones and everything. It was these big cases we had to lug into the bush and we would do lots of stuff for mines and property, that type of thing. And the plan was to become a professional land surveyor. And after I graduated, but it kind of fell apart from there. Just a few things came up that I wanted to do instead. Um, then spent about five or six years kind of doing that. And then from there, I just one day just saw an ad to recruiting for the RCMP. That was 2005, I guess it would be, 15 years ago, yeah. Um, yeah, saw the ad and just kind of went to the recruiting thing. And I remember walking in in flip-flops and shorts and everybody else was in suits and ties. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I knew a couple of RCMP officers, but nothing crazy. Like, didn't know what they did, anything like that. Basically got chased by them when I was little, but that's kind of how it goes. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, went through the process of getting recruited, which took about a year or so, which is pretty quick for the RCMP. Um, the, you know, because I had a, some previous work experience and my degree and stuff, it went by fairly quick. Went through training. Uh, I was married, still am, same person. So she knew the game. She knew she was going to have to move and everything. She was a teacher. Uh, went through training and then actually got posted to a little town uh, in central BC called Nacusp. It's about a thousand people live there. Um, and that's where we lived for three years. That was my first posting, doing patrol, general duty, that type of thing. Interesting work just because it's so small. You're it. You're everything from the coroner to the conservation officer to the bylaw guy. You're everything. Um, from there, we kind of, we got chosen to kind of get closer to home, which my wife liked. We're about an hour away from home. So from mom and dad's to see grandkid and everything like that, we were in a little town called Creston. Spent seven, eight years there. During that time is when I decided that I wanted to uh, get into the dog section, the police dog service, um, or canine as most people call it. Um, to do that, you have to raise puppies. So the whole time I was in Creston, I raised eight dogs for the RCMP. Some made it, some don't, you know, just kind of give them up. You get them at eight weeks of age and you give them then anywhere from a year to whatever, they decide to come get them and you train them up and you learn that the dog isn't yours, it's the property there, CMP. So, um, yeah, from there I uh, did that for eight years and finally got selected. It's the hardest section to get into in the RCMP. You have to be the fittest. Uh, you have to be able to basically work on your own. I don't work with anyone other than the dog, so... Um, you have to be self-motivated, mm -hmm. you know, you have to be able to want to be able to continue to your fitness level either inside of work if you have a good boss or outside of work because when you get called, you know, you don't want to be lagging behind the dog and having the dog pull a 200-pound guy. You want to be right there with them and these dogs are fitter than we are and can run faster than we are. So, um, yeah, and then uh, I had to go away for seven months for more training and went to live in a hotel and... Wife and family stayed back, didn't know where we were going to get posted and everything. And the dog section is one of those ones where you have no say where you go. You kind of get chosen. Um, so we ended up getting chosen to come to PEI. And 
I kind of put my hand up too. I'd heard that it was open. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'd go there. And a couple other things had fallen through for postings. And, and when they said, oh, yeah, if you want to go to PEI, for sure. I said, oh, yeah, that's a choice spot. And here we are. And I've been here for three years. Your wife's a teacher? Yep. She's a kindergarten teacher in Mount Stewart. Nice. Yeah. And son Owen? Owen, yeah. yeah. He's 10. 10. Busy as always. Yeah. yeah. You know how it is. It's just go, go, go. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I, you touched on them a little bit, Christian, uh, just a second ago. What qualities do you think allow you to be very good at your job? Uh, like I said, self-motivating is a big one. Like I said, we don't we don't work with a bunch of people. We're mm -hmm. not in a team aspect, mm -hmm. um, but we want to do good work when it come when that call comes. We want to be that guy that's the fittest. That if we have to go into the woods or do something for a long period of time. Yeah. We're not gassing out, right. you know. We're we are the guys. I've heard the term. We're we're the guys the police call for help. Right. So when they call us, we're the guys that have to come and help them out. Yeah. And you don't want to be lagging behind the guy that calls you. You want to be the guy that's fit, ready to go. Yeah. Um, decision making is another big one. Um, it's interesting that these officers call us and we show up and they kind of look to us to make the decisions. Yeah. Some are out of the parameters of our job. But they see us as, as being different and having a lot more experience. Um, we don't go to the, the, the small stuff. We go to the big stuff. So when they see the big stuff, it's um, stressful. Yeah. And they've been there for a little bit already. Then we roll in and we're fresh. We're new. Yeah. We, we, as we drive, we're kind of understanding the situation. might take us 15 minutes to get there. might us, take us three hours to get there. By the time we roll up, we've kind of got a game plan for whatever's happening. And everybody there is pretty glad to see us, and then we can make some informed decisions that might be out of the norm. So, you know, decision making is another big one, yeah. And being, you know, just holding yourself accountable if you make a mistake, or let's say some training, the dog starts to do something that you don't really like, understanding that, you know, you're a team and it's a team aspect, and bringing the dog back to where mm -hmm. you want him to be. And you might have to take two steps backwards to make one step forward, and, you know, understanding that. You know, it's a, it's a process is what it is. So you and your dog have been together this entire time? Yeah, we've yeah. been together for five years. Five now. years, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is good for those dogs. <laughs> yeah. Usually five years is quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, usually, if you can get six or seven years out of them, you're flying. Yeah. You know, you've done really well. Um, <clears throat> the training group I went through, there was eight of us. He's the last dog that's left out of the whole group. All the other ones have either uh, passed away or something happened during their time that they said they weren't good enough police dogs. Because yeah. they do get out and they start to kind of go sideways. They start to kind of question us. And it's a, like I said, it's a, a pack mentality too, where they head of the pack. And sometimes my, even my dog seems to think he's in charge sometimes. Yeah. And you got to kind of always work in that you know, mindset that you know, you're going to have to. It's just, you know, it's a team thing and, you know, everybody has their job, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. So how does that relationship work? Like, so when you get the dog, mm -hmm. did you raise that dog yourself, or how does that all come about? And what um, does the weekly like training with the dog? So yeah, like? so I didn't get him. I didn't train him. I actually saw him when he's a puppy. I knew the guy that had trained him. Um, he went up to Yellowknife and was trained up there at about a year of age. And then one day, this they phoned me up and said, "Meet us in this parking lot of this." ratty old mall that I was in my hometown and we just the big, big truck rolled up and they rolled this big black dog and I said here's your partner get ready you got a couple months before you have to get ready for training 
Um, up to that point, we don't do a lot with the dogs. It's more of just um, orientating them to the life of a police dog mm -hmm. and see if they have the aptitude, you know, are they chicken? Like just coming in buildings like this with lots of people, shiny floors, lots of noises. You will see dogs shut down and they just won't want to do any work. So they got to come in and kind of own the situation. Yeah. And so therefore it's kind of a, it's a leveling thing knowing when we're in charge and when they have to take the, take the reins and be in charge. Because they are out there all by themselves, 20 feet away from us. Or if you hear somebody in the woods, sometimes you guys got to cut them loose and they're on their own. You don't know where they went. And they might have a fight for their life, and now we have to chase after them and figure out where they just went to, um, you know, in the woods or into a building or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I got him at about a year of age, and then, like I said, a couple months later, we ended up going to training, and he was lucky enough to go all the way through. Because it is, it's almost pure luck is what it is. If you go through with the two of us from start to finish, without one of us getting hurt or something happening, it's, it's, it's pretty good luck. It's, a lot of dogs don't make it, and a lot of guys don't make it, too. Running around the fields of Alberta, you can trip on a cowholic and break an ankle. And <laughs> you know, I I cracked three ribs, so I had to work through that. I didn't tell anybody they were cracked. I told them that I just had some cartilage issue, and so I was dropping the the pain meds while I'm running around trying to take bites. And at the end of the day, I take my vest off and everything, and my whole side's all swollen, all black and blue. And, but uh, yeah, training for the week is. Um, it, it, it's a two-parter. It's training for me. Like you guys know, I'm, I'm here in the mornings. Uh, not every day. I, you know, I like to take rest days and stuff. Yeah, I think that's mm -hmm. important. Um, but yeah, I try to come here at least for an hour a day just to keep my body in shape. Because that time comes where at the end of the line and you just ran three, four, five kilometers and now you're going to fight for your life because somebody's decided that they want to try you. And the dog's there too. you got to be able to be able to fight for your life you know, and out-hustle out this person basically, for whatever reason, you know. Um, and then from there, we do, we try to do training every day. I try to do one or two things with him every day. Um, cold days like this, minus 15, 20 degrees with the wind chill, we try to find indoor stuff to do. Uh, Fleck, um, my dog, he can't find uh, drugs. He finds explosives. So we always have stuff we can go search for. Um, yeah. Different offices, airports, uh, vehicles, the bus garages, those things were always... Here, there, and everywhere. Everybody kind of sees us around town. Uh, I'm actually posted out of Summerside, so I'm up there quite a bit. Yeah. And just trying to get the dog's brain going every day. Try to do something. And then if there's something that comes up during an actual call that you don't like, um, let's say he bites someone he shouldn't have bit. It happens, you know. So then you work on that. Or let's say he missed something. Let's say you were looking for the knife or a jacket, and you know it was there, and he missed it. Well, why did he miss it? Was it the temperature? Was it something... What, what are the variables, and you try to mimic the variables that he wasn't successful in to make him successful, and then from there you build on that. So that's every, every day is like that. And then every, usually Wednesday, we have a formal training day. With, uh, there's another dog handler on the island. Then we get together and we do bites and stuff that we can't do as just an individual person. Man. So you're like part scientist. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. and superhero. Yeah, and superhero. <laughs> okay. Yeah, oh yeah. No, it's, uh, it, it's always interesting. There's always something going on with these dogs. And it's even with family dogs, too. Yeah. It's, they're, they're a creature. You have to understand that. And they, they have their own personalities, and they're not robots. Mm -hmm. And they, they're not perfect. And you seem to think, and everybody, when they see us come out, they think, here comes perfection and watch right. this and you know we are peak performance well no we're not i just drove three hours to get here and i got a bum leg and the dog threw up halfway here and 
we'll get her done, you know. But, you know, we, we work on it, so that way it's always something, some variable we're always trying to change, right. you know. Because we always, you know, it might be minus 30 out. We've got to try and do a track. But if you haven't trained for it, the dog doesn't even know how to do it. Yeah. Or it's plus 20 out, now you want him to go search the woods. Well, he's going to want to go in the woods more because it's cooler in there, but now you've got to search this big field in blazing sun. Well, yeah. you want to try and, you know, see if he can do it and how he does it. Even my guy at six and a half years old, he's one of the older dogs in the forest now, he still has his quirks. Yes. Yeah. 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 So for those who say, <clears throat> we talk about your training in here, for those who say you're already active enough, why not spend your time with more rest? Why, why come in and train when you're, you know, you're already putting on whatever it is, 20,000 steps a day? Because that, that after the end of the 20,000 steps, what happens then is, is, is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking what happens at the end of that three-kilometer track or even a 500-meter track or something, or if there's a bad guy or a good guy. Let's say there's a, a you know, and I've had it where... I get the finding a person with Alzheimer's in the middle of the woods. Mm -hmm. And we've been searching for hours. And I'm soaked. I'm tired. And now I, we find them. And now they need medical help. It's that person. It's that, it's that lady or that guy reason why I come in and train. It's so that I can throw the person over my shoulder and say, all right, let's go. I got to huff you out of here. And we'll get to the end, mm -hmm. and we'll, I will take you to help. Or, or you know, the bad thing is, okay, now we now there's a fight for my life or someone else's life. You know, I've heard the term. There's only four reasons why you go to the gym. It's fitness, save your life, save someone's life, or kick someone's ass. You know, that's kind of the four reasons why you go to the gym, and that's what I think of it. You know, yeah. Can you speak to your, I guess, your physical training just a little bit, like? We see you work out, but not everyone does. Um, do you have a certain focus that you try to get for each workout, or do you switch it up? Or yeah, I, I try to switch it up all the time. Yeah. I try to um, like you guys have done a program for me, yeah. and I and I try to religiously actually try to stick to that. Yeah. But then what I will try to do is add on um, something that is is not linear or mm -hmm. something that isn't. Um, out of, like in the norm it's picking up big bags and just running around with them yeah. it's dragging the bags um, we have a physical test for my section every year so I kind of try to take elements of that just yeah. as, as a practice throughout the year but then it also then equates to the actual like operational environment understanding that you know there, there is that fight that pull you know the dog even he's 80 pounds and if I don't train just dragging and doing a lot of non-linear type things, up and down movements, because he doesn't move like that. He right. doesn't move up, down, left, right. He's all over the place. Yeah. He might jolt to the right, and if I'm not physically able to do that, I'm going to pop a shoulder, yeah. you know. Uh, knees, ankles, those types of things. I've noticed since coming here the last couple of years, my knees and ankles aren't as sore as they used to be. Yeah. They're still sore, yeah. but, um, you know, I have arthritis in my left knee coming here. Uh, before I came here, it was more linear. It was more just up and down, following a program I found online and just doing the generic type stuff. And then I, but when I came here, you guys gave me that non-generic type thing. There's two or three movements to do, and then I try to add a fourth if it's not there, mm -hmm. like a, like a cardio or yeah. just a quick cardio. It's just a quick ten rep or rep thing or a, you know back and forth. Okay, good. Got the heart rate going. Now I got to go back and do it because. Yeah. Raising the heart rate 
is, is the way that I have to work in the real world. Is the heart rate isn't going to be low, it's going to be super high. So being able to do all these different things at a high rate is what I have to work towards. Yeah. Yeah. Training, we've discussed before with, with a few other people, um, physical and mental benefits. Yeah. What uh, do you take kind of like the mental benefits from it? I, I consider your job to be what I would think to be very high stress. Mm -hmm. Um, is that something that plays into your physical training and what other mental training yeah. exercises do you do? Well, that's massive. Yeah. Doing, doing, being here at the gym is, is physical, but it's also for the mental side. I have PTSD. I've been diagnosed with it mm -hmm. from previous work. Um, so I find that it's being at the gym and just kind of turning off life and just going through the motions of just, you know, thinking about what I have to do at, at the gym aspect for an hour. I think in the next 24 hours, so I have to come back, are, are so better. It's and I notice it during the day that if I don't go to the gym, it's it's there. The stress is there. It's the little things. Uh, PTSD affects you in so many different ways. Everybody has a different, you know, aspect that it does affect you. Um, me, it, a, a big one is agitation. I don't know why. Just being in large groups and stuff mm -hmm. like that, hockey games, those types of things. I just can't take it like that. But Coming to the gym really helps that and really alleviates any stresses throughout the day. And then I find that my work life and my home life is so much better being here at the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, what does high performance mean to you? You're, uh, you're a high performer, clearly. I think it means just being able to do the work above and beyond the norm, above and beyond where um, the average person goes to it's mm -hmm. it's just that extra step and, and and being a high performer can be in anything right yeah. school work the gym just understanding that okay here's the level that everyone needs <clears throat> to meet but i want to go to this level yeah. you know i want to be able to push myself beyond it and just to see what happens yeah. and if it hurts school wise it hurts your brain or gym wise if it hurts your body well then you understand that you've you've reached it and okay where in in that in the parameters, do I fall, and where do I need to work on the little things? Because because overall, it's not a, you know high performance. You can get there, but it's it's baby steps. Mm -hmm. It's incremental. You can't just jump from doing like 175 pound squat to 300. It's yeah. not going to happen. But if you incrementally get there to being that performer, then you say to yourself, "Yeah, I'm a high performer." Yeah. And then, you know everybody can say, "Okay, well I've got this level, and I want to try this level." And there, there, that's the high performance. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. It's a good answer. You got a question? I have a bunch. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, well, I'll just sit back okay. here. Um, you kind of talked about your background, Christian, um, how you got to here. Any mentors or role models that kind of, whether previously or currently, people you look up to or you try and glean? Yeah. Thanks oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like my, like, you know, my dad, yeah. for sure. You know, we, we all have that. Um, I saw the good things and the bad things that he would do as a, as a, as a father and as a professional. Yeah. Um, and I try to learn from those things and, you know, you try to always, like I tell my son, I want him to be better than me at everything. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, school, work, sports, everything. It doesn't matter. I want him to be better than me. And my dad was like that too. He always tried to push you into something out of the norm. You know, and just 
if, if you came home and didn't like this, like, didn't, ah, oh, like I played a little bit of hockey. Well, I, I didn't have fun at hockey today. Well, okay, why? Yeah. And you would ask why. And then you would try to just, you know, there was never any of that, like, you know, like just using hockey as an example, crazy hockey dad. My, yeah. my dad wasn't like that. I don't want to be like that either. But he tried to, you know, to still to push me and motivate me. And then that's where, when I got out of high school, you know, you're not just going to just go work at the, the video store. You got to go to school. Yeah. You know, find something that you might like. And you might fail at it. It's life. Yeah. You know, failing is, is part of trying, right? And then, so he was big on that. And he still is. You know, I still talk, we talk every, every week. You know, and he's still big on it. Um, he was a good one. Um, I've had a couple that, uh, it's funny, role models in ways that I don't want to be. You know, I see, I've, I've worked with some, some people and trained with some people that uh, I see the, the negative aspects of, of how they are and how they live their lives and how they worked um, throughout for the RCMP, let's say. And it's like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want the stress and I don't want the life that I have to work at work mm -hmm. to affect family life the way it did yeah. or affect even just the little things at work that then I can't perform my job because I'm so, you know, looking at something that I shouldn't be or, you know, getting my nose into somebody else's business. Yeah. I, I, just, I try to say it's called the, the three-foot world, which is it's, it's only my world, my, my three feet of world mm -hmm. that I can control. So therefore, I don't try to, I don't, I don't, Travis, whatever you do, whatever, it's your life, you can do it. Yeah. Same with Chris. It's, it is. It's called the three foot world. I, it's know, good. Yeah, I never heard of that before. I'm definitely gonna copy that. And <laughs> you'll hear me saying that to an yeah. athlete this week. Yeah, but you'll uh, take credit for it. No, I'll just say uh, something like a wise man once wise told man. me. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Thanks. And now Christian's gonna. He's yeah. gonna I'm the wise man. Yeah, I'm mean, walking then, around today. I'm wise. It'll be funny if someone gives him that advice. It'll come full, yeah, full circle. Yeah, full circle. Yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> kind of along that same vein, Christian. Uh, best advice ever given? Uh, well, that was a big one. Yeah. You know, um, other advice? Um, don't take it seriously. Yeah. You know, there's a there's so many stresses in the world that we live in, and everybody seems to be plugged into everything nowadays. Look at all the cords and phones. Mm -hmm. We have three phones sitting right here, and this is a high tech studio. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. My defense, I'm using my phone to record. That's true. But it's true. Yeah, points. you know, and everybody lives in that, uh, what's the 45 degree world. Everybody's yeah. got their head down at 45 degrees. Everybody's yeah. looking at their phones. Everybody's, and just recently I was talking to my wife about that. And, you know, we need to disconnect. We need to start, just go for a walk. Yeah. Just, you know, those types of things, you know, and that's a big one. It's just, you know, there's, there's a big world out there. Yeah. And, you know, accept that people aren't perfect. And, you know, people aren't as, as awesome as I am. I know that. Because it, it's a very high standard. <laughs> but no, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and just take people for who they are. Right. You know, and I try to explain that to my son, who's 10, is, you know, there are different people. There's, in this class of 16 or 18 kids, there's three or four that are solid and good. And then there's the 10 or 11 that are, oh, okay, they're good people. But, you know, you may not be their friends. And then there's the five or six that are dopes. And, yeah. You know, but you don't, you don't, you don't put them down. You don't, you know, you just accept them for who they are. And you know, you just live life and, you know, make mistakes. There's another one like my dad explained. It's, yeah. it's, it's okay to make a mistake. Yeah. You know, as long as you live or you learn from it mm -hmm. and you don't make the, the, the same mistake twice. Awesome. I have uh, just one more question. Maybe it's a hard one. Maybe it's not. Um, what are your values? Do you think about them or? 
Yeah, I think honesty is a big one. Honesty. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, and that's not just with other people, that's with yourself as right. well, I've noticed. Um, being honest that you're, you may not be where you want to be in life, and now you got to work towards it. And that's that high performance type thing as well, is yeah. just to understand that, you know, I'm at a level, and this level is okay. The guy next to me might be better at something, but and I want to get to where he is, mm -hmm. but it's going to take some time. Yeah. And understanding that, yeah, it's just an honest thing, and then being honest with, with each other, yeah. you know, and... <clears throat> It just seems like in today's world we don't we're not that anymore, and everybody wants to you know put everybody else down, and it's just like no, just be honest with each other. And, yeah, yeah, you know, honesty is a big one. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So just kind of backtracking a little bit from talking about training and uh, you know high performance and whatnot. Recovery plays a big part in that. How do you how do you recharge? How do you recover? How do you you know, what do things look like in your downtime? Um, a lot of, um, I, actually, since I've been coming here a lot more, I do a lot more stretching at home. Mm -hmm. I, I bought myself one of the rollers at home. Uh, I use the lacrosse balls at home. That's the recovery. You know, just always stretching. I find now that I'm north of 40, mm -hmm. it's, it's, um, it's a big one, just recovering from that. Uh, drinking a lot of water is another big one, I find. Um, I didn't used to do that. And I would, you know, I never felt any effects, but now that I, I, I try to drink a lot more water, mm -hmm. I notice it. And so I'm always drinking water. Um, recovery home also is just, you know, disconnecting and just, you know, you may put the TV on and you just watch something, watch a movie with the family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, just take the dogs for a walk. We have two of them, the work dog and a home dog. So we take them for walks. We do that. Um, we, you know... Uh, my job is is nice that I have this creature with me all the time. That he is somewhat of a you know therapy dog, so yeah. to speak. So that is downtime as well. Even though I'm with him and I might be even working, it's downtime. We get to go just for a walk, and I'm getting paid to take him for a walk, and I'm getting paid to go you know walk on the beach and you know see what he can take him for a walk in the woods and yeah. stuff like that. So that's a big one for me as well. Um, even taking a step away from the gym for a day or two, or even, I don't come on the weekends. Yeah. You know, unless my son wants to come here just because we've got nothing going on on a Saturday yeah. or something, but I, I tend not to come on the weekends just because it's it's off time. And, yeah. you know, and, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a good recharge. How did the two dogs get along? Good. Yeah, we have a two, well, almost two-year-old wiener dog at home. He's eight pounds. And he runs the house. <laughs> so... What a study in contrast. Oh, and they are like, and I and I bring him to work with me a lot. So he's with me today. So he rides around in the back with the with the police dog and stuff. And they're 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 interesting because they don't they don't really like Fleck. The work dog is is very social, mm -hmm. and he's not a crazy, you know, alligator of a work dog. He's just he's just fun. Yeah. He just wants to have fun. But I almost wish he had more of that the attitude of the wiener dog because the wiener dog will take a run at him and. The, big police dog just kind of looks at him like what are you doing you know like yeah. stop that um but yeah they get along real well nice. you know yeah you know it's uh wiener dogs are just a, a different breed altogether they're weird yeah. but yeah i know they're, they're buddies yeah. <laughs> and what's your wiener dog's name crosby crosby of yeah. course of course Sidney crosby yeah <clears throat> for those of you out there who are or Troy crosby <laughs> yeah yeah sure if you're a habs fan yeah mm -hmm. yeah troy did play with uh did he play? He got drafted. Or drafted. He was a goaler. Yeah. Yeah. 
Shit will probably be on here at some point. Oh, guaranteed. Once he hears this interview, him and Nate, we'll do a Tim Hortons commercial. Yeah. On the pod. Yeah. 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 From, yeah, from the Zamboni. Yeah. Because that way they can they can carpool. Yeah. To get to get here. Yeah, you gotta save money. Split the gas. And the yeah. bridge fee. And the bridge. There's no, <laughs> no way that they're, they're allowed on free. Oh well, yeah, you gotta pay to leave. <laughs> yeah, you gotta pay to leave. There's no way when they stop boarding at that Tim Hortons, there's no way they're charging them at the Tim's. No. No. Or Lone Oak. Or do you think <laughs> Lone Oak's definitely not charged on no. chance? They'll have uh, the old meshback hats on them that fast. Yeah. Unbelievable. The beard net. Anyway. <laughs> um, do you want to ask? I, I think that this has been a great conversation, but we don't want to hold Christian too long. Oh, uh, do you want to ask about the theme song? Because his theme song did get bumped due to um, our holiday rendition. Well, it's a holiday Lucy. Episode. Yeah. I did have that earmarked, actually. Um, so we'll close with your theme song. Wow. Rather okay. than... Instead of the piano interlude. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably maybe use the piano interlude for the next holiday if we do next, one yeah. over the holidays. Yeah, yeah I'd say. Um, so years. yeah, so your your theme song, "Frantic," yeah, by Metallica. Yeah, why? Uh, I grew up as a punk kid. Nice. Uh, you know, Black Flag, Dead Kennedys, Misfits. Then that kind of transitioned a bit because my mom and dad hated it so I um, I started kind of listening to ACDC and Metallica yeah. and my dad liked ACDC not so much Metallica but ACDC yeah. very noble could, yeah, yeah and my dad could take ACDC a bit yeah. too but now that my son's 10 and he needs hockey songs of course right. so I've introduced them more to uh, the metal side of nice. things yeah. you know five finger death punch yeah. you know those types yeah. of things and he's kind of taken it to it and then uh, Metallica just came out with a new album last year, I guess it would have been. And so that Frantic was on there, and he really likes it. Yeah. And, I, and I like it too. Just there, There's a few um, lyrics in there that speak to, you know, just my life and yeah. stuff. And yeah, so like it, you know. Nice. Yeah. It's a good choice. I think we're going to have a pretty diverse catalog of theme songs. Oh, I think so. Yeah. <clears throat> so far we have Alicia Keys, Girl on Fire. Yeah. And... Wow. Where the streets have no name. Yeah, well, that was a co oh, theme song with John Denver. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah, it's going to be all over the board. Yeah, it's going yeah, cool. to be. Then, yeah, you got to release the soundtrack. I know. Yeah. And I've heard a couple of our upcoming guests. They're yeah. quite different too. Yeah. I don't know who some of them are. But I'll, I should do that research before we get yeah. there. Yeah. We should put out like a playlist. Yeah. That yeah. People can listen to. Yeah. Yeah, that's it for me. Thanks, okay. Christian. That's no, awesome. thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thanks yeah. a lot. Christmas edition. That was uh, that was really interesting and really um, like perspective inducing, I guess. Like how your day differs from mm -hmm. us or a lot of other people. I'm yeah, sure. it's not a nine to five. Exactly. Yeah. No. Um, and obviously, thanks for taking time. I yeah, really appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Right after a workout to stick around. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah. good. All right, thanks. Yeah, thank thank you. you guys. Yeah.